When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Nothing But Sports with Kent Sterling for Monday, March 9th, 2020. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Call Dr. Mike O'Neill, 317-849-2933. Make an appointment to see the best dentist you've ever seen in your life. He's been my dentist for the last 26 years. I love him. Let's talk college basketball with the great Dustin DePirac from The Athletic. How you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. How good was Kamar Baldwin the other night against Xavier? My God almighty. It's, it's unreal, and, and it's been just so fun to watch. Just the, the shots that he somehow finds a way to, way to come up with. Uh, the thing that he had at the end, I mean, it just it really sort of encompassed everything he's been all year. I mean, he he took his time on that. I think that's yeah. the thing that really stands out to me. Is I mean, he gets the ball with about nine ten seconds to go, um, and he was never rushed. Like it, it, he looked like he had a two more minutes to play and he just takes his time and then made like two sort of quick moves off that high ball screen I think that NZ sets just when he just gets just enough space and knocks that thing down and he's just that shot it's amazing he you know really recreated his shot in the offseason you know basically last year he was bringing it way over his head just had really bad mechanics and his mechanics are so much better now, and this percentage isn't that much better. I think he's at 31%, which is exactly what he was at last year. But his level of confidence in it is so much higher. It, it makes a difference, basically, especially late in games. He just knows he has that shot. He knows he can hit from 25, 26, where last year, that was a real crapshoot. I mean, it just did not look good coming off. He didn't look confident in it. But he really trusts that shot, and he just made, he made so many big ones down the stretch. And obviously, the game winner was just incredible, and it just fits in a line of just so many big shots he's hit, certainly going with the game winner against Villanova but big shot time shots he hits against Stanford and just very others very various others he's just been able to close games he's just really been special this year his eyes must have lit up like uh you know like a spotlight when he saw the Xavier guy come under the screen right yeah. I mean what what were they doing there's no way Travis told a guy to go under the screen they left him open he's the only guy that's going to beat you in all likelihood he goes Drano yeah I think the, the only reason that it makes sense to go under is I think were they I mean, it, it was tied, right? If I'm not mistaken. No, it was, it was, were they down two? We're down two. Yeah. So I guess the only reason you do that is because Kamar can just cook you off the dribble, which he did several times, you right. know, in that game. He was able to just blitz guys to the rim. And, you know, Aaron Thompson did the same. I mean, like, the, Xavier was having an issue stopping the dribble drive uh, in the second half. So that's the only reason why I would say it might make sense because he is still better off the dribble going to the rim than he is taking that three, basically. If, if you've got to pick your poison against Kamar Baldwin – you're going to you're going to let him take the three point shot if you have to give him something. Um, it, it still looks bad when he drills when he drills it. So you know because you're just you, you don't really get a really good contest there, and they didn't. But you know he can obviously cook you getting downhill and pulling up. 
you know, or getting his foot in the lane or getting all the way to the rim. There's just so many ways that Kamar Baldwin could beat you. I understand the concept of going under a screen to get to Baldwin and cut him off, going to the rim when you've got a two-point lead, you know, sort of hoping that he's going to try to beat you that way because that's his best shot, but he can still hit that thing, you know, and I guess you don't want to give him the easy one, but he can knock that thing down now, and that just means he can beat you any way possible. And the triple's the only way you're going to get beat, right? You're going to go over time. and that's the, that's the reason why you shouldn't go under it is because if you give up the two, you're playing overtime. Right. You know, you're taking a shot there. I guess, the, again, the only thing I can guess is, all right, you're thinking Kamar Baldwin could beat you this way and that way. Maybe they were going under ball screens earlier against him, but you can't do it there. You know, you, you can't do it in that case. But like you said, it does give you the option to get beat uh, right there. But I, I get, again, why just there's so many different ways that he could beat you, just so many things that you have to take away. The Big East tournament's going to be fascinating, and I hate this matchup for Butler against Providence because it seems like Butler just historically doesn't play great basketball against Providence. They're very physical. They keep Butler from doing those things that Butler loves doing. How do you see their path to a championship in the Big East tournament? I think the thing that's tougher, this is where we've seen various places during in the second half of the season, really second half of the Big East schedule, where you can sense the difference that Christian David would have made. And this is another one of those games where I think they one of the reasons they were able to beat them on the road early in the season is they had David to go to. And, you know, Providence was a tough cover for them last year, again, because of their inability to defend bigger forward, you know, kind of 6'7"-ish, 6'8"-ish guys who can take you inside and take you outside. Obviously, Alpha Diallo is, you know, basically the, the best at that, you know, basically the, it, it being a bigger guy that can take you, beat you inside, beat you outside. Uh, you know, they made, they were able to put Enzi on him and Enzi can make a really big difference. But when you had to pull Enzi off the floor, which you had to at some point in time, they were able to go to David. Uh, and right. that's something that they haven't been able to go to. It's a tougher matchup for them um, when, you know, and they've got a bunch of other guys who are built like Diallo, you know, that, that are that six, seven ish, two twenty, two thirty type of guys. Um, and, you know that that makes them a tougher cover, and so again, when you when you can't play a David, when you can't bring somebody like that off the bench, then you're putting Jordan Tucker on him, and Tucker's not bad. Tucker's certainly better. We've talked a lot, I think, about how much better of a defender Jordan Tucker is this year than he was last year. Uh, but he's still not, not as good as David is against again against those specific type of guys. Um, so that that I think it's it's still tough to, to deal with those bodies. They also turn you over a lot, and uh, Butler is still not great uh, as far as dealing with pressure. Um, they're better, I think, than they were at the beginning of the season, certainly with that, that St. John's game yeah. uh, when they really fell apart down the stretch. They didn't have that issue against St. John's the other night. I'm not sure what the turnover total was. I wasn't here for that one, but it wasn't a problem. Uh, and, and so they, they've certainly gotten better, but certainly something they've got to keep in mind. They will have a healthy Aaron Thompson, so that makes a huge difference. That makes them a much more, you know, a, a much better team, much better at, at dealing with that, and much better at, at ball security. Um, so that really helps. But I mean, th- those are some issues they're going to look at it again, just defending the kind of bodies that Providence has and not turning the ball over. Let's talk about Indiana for a minute. Indiana's got Nebraska to kick off the Big Ten tournament in a couple of days. That looks like it should be a win, but you don't want to take anything for granted if you're Indiana in the Big Ten tournament because Indiana sucks in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, no, absolutely. Historically, they have not been good there at all. Um, this Nebraska team looks like the wheels are coming off. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I, I would have told you in, in January, oh, man, this is not a team that you want to be playing because you know, they were hitting some threes. I mean, they, they really gave Indiana a run for their money, and then they just blitzed Purdue uh, out there. And, and for a while, they looked like a really tough team to beat just because of the, the shooting they have, the, the, the skills they have. They had, a, you know, the Burke, Thor Bjarnson, all those guys that could hit shots. And 
it, it's a mess right now. Obviously, they don't know if they're going to have Cam Burke or Deshaun Burke or, Deshaun Burke or Cam Mack. Uh, I got to get the names right. Uh, Cam Mack and Deshaun Burke are both, you know, suspended, and you don't know if they're even coming to Indianapolis. Uh, it just seems like a team that is sort of lost itself entirely and it's a tough deal obviously because Fred Hoiberg was coming in and having to build up and putting together a whole bunch of Juco guys and you just don't know what chemistry is going to be like and this seems to be you know kind of the 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 downside of bringing all those guys together at once is it's sometimes you don't know what you're getting uh and they're falling apart you know so you would have to think Indiana wins that game if Indiana does not win that game like Nebraska is a game they can play themselves out of the tournament, I, I, I think if if um, they might be safe right now if they get past that one, um, I don't know that they they might need another one. They might not. It depends on how the the bubble shakes out. If there's going to be any more you know bids stolen or anything like that. If there's going to be a team, you know, if, if somebody other than Dayton wins the A10 and and, and grabs a bid or something like that, um, you know there there are some of the things to be worried about there that maybe um, you know they could lose a bit. I think they're probably mostly safe, but Nebraska they could play themselves out. That's one of those losses that you sort of circle and say, well, that, that's an issue. If you can't beat this Nebraska team the way it's playing in the Big Ten tournament i don't know if you ought to be in that that's one that opens uh the, the committee's up eyes up the opposite way the way that you don't want to um but if they get that one i mean it, they're you know who do they got who's the six is that iowa penn state. penn state that's it okay i haven't seen the bracket in a minute uh so that's a winnable game you know that's when they're playing game. poorly penn they state's are, not good fading no they are fading i mean uh they still have talent and they could still beat you um but you know they they seem like they've hit their peak. They seem even seemed like they were playing their best basketball a couple weeks ago. They're not necessarily playing their best basketball right now. Now, still, that, that doesn't make them easy to beat. They still have shooters. Uh, they still have Dredd. They still have Myron Jones. They still have Lamar Stevens. is one of the best players in the league. Um, so you can't sleep on them, obviously. And again, you know, like they're not playing this game in Assembly Hall. And uh, in, Indiana has had a tough time winning elsewhere. Obviously, they've been okay in neutral site games so far, and they're going to be in Indianapolis, and that's a long way from Pennsylvania. But it's still not playing at the home. So it's, it's a different ball game and they've got to figure out a way to win. They've got to figure out a way to win uh, and beat. It's, that's still a good Penn state team. Again, it's not playing well, but it's still a good Penn state team. How do you feel about Indiana, the way they're playing? I mean, it seems like they're not playing bad basketball. They're just having a tough time closing close games. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the the issue is that they're still not a great offensive basketball team. Uh, They they have pieces, they have athleticism, they have size, but they don't have all the skills that you need. I mean, they they just, they don't have enough shooters and and more so it's still, it's still the same issue it's just you're playing uh you're playing three guys to the th- three four and five at almost all times that cannot that don't stretch the floor right. you bring jerome hunter for maybe 15 20 minutes he's the only guy playing the three the four or the five that anyone is worried about taking a three-point shot race thompson can hit him uh he has hit him in high school but you know he he's, he hasn't done that in college much justin smith can hit one on occasion but they're not defending him out there they're they're basically daring him to take that shot if he wants it so everybody they're playing is packing the paint they, right. they can put three guys in the paint and not have to worry about it. So that makes them, a, you know, a, 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 it's tough to function that way offensively. And so they go through these droughts. You know, they, they go through, I mean, I think, what they go, nine minutes without a field goal against Wisconsin? And, and you see droughts like that, five minutes, six minutes, uh, where, where things aren't going. And, and, you know, that's, everyone wonders, why does Devontae Green still play? That's why Devontae Green still plays, is for all of his mistakes. And, and he can go through a stretch where he can't make one either. Um, but he's a guy that if, if you're not finding it anywhere else you throw Devontae Green in and maybe he gets you a shot now he couldn't do it the other night because his he busted up his left ankle in that first in that first half when he had 16 points wasn't the same guy in the second half don't know if that's going to be an issue going forward obviously he'll be able to play on it but you could tell a major difference in him 
the second half of that basketball game. He was just hobbled, just didn't have it. And with him not getting any production, they weren't getting much out of Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, Wisconsin would make it tough to score inside. Um, and they couldn't function. And it, so, again, when, when you don't have green scoring, you know, scoring from outside, when you're packing the paint and it's tough for Trace Jackson to get anything going, that's tough. And they were able to get some shots inside and just not finish them. You know, they, they got at least a couple looks, but they were shooting over Roivers. It, it, they weren't clean looks. You know, they were getting uh, they were getting contested, you know, by their bigs. Uh, so it's tough. And, you know, it, 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 Indiana just has never had an easy, clean path to scoring baskets. And if they, especially if they're not drawing fouls, and maybe they should have been, more fouls should have been called. But if they're, if they're not getting free throws, if they're not scoring at the rim, they got a hard time getting points. So Archie Miller in the post game talking about Lenardi, is that Archie, like Archie doesn't strike me as a real humorous guy, like a funny guy, a guy who's going to make people laugh very often. Is this his awkward attempt at humor or was he seriously trying, you know, being petulant about Lenardi? What was your take? That's the, that, that, playing into your question, I have no idea because it's Archie because <laughs> it's Archie. I have no idea. I have I, I have no read on this man's personality. I mean, like, rewatch the whole video. Right. That's what really stands out. I think my favorite part about all of it that you're just like, okay, like, I just don't get this guy's register is when he's trying to imitate Sesame Street characters at the beginning. Like, when he's trying to, like, do his, like, impersonation of them, you're like, is that what they sound like? I don't know. <laughs> is that? I'm not sure that's how Sesame Street characters talk. Like, you know, and... It, it was just like, ah, rah, rah. I'm like, is that it? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, like, everybody can do a Muppet imp- impersonation, right? Like, so he's obviously bringing it out because, I mean, he's got kids, so he's, he's seen Sesame Street in the somewhat recent past. Uh, so, but just, just watching that, I was like, okay, like, does he, is he trying to make a joke? Does he not know how to make this a joke? Does he not know how to make this funny? And it ended up coming off, like, harsher than it, than he probably meant it. I don't know. I, I think what's just odd about Archie, too, is like, you, you, I know he doesn't read us. I know he doesn't read us right. at all. Like, I mean, he's never, uh, I, I can think of maybe one time that I, I have heard him complain about a story at all. And I, I don't think he cares about the media. I think he would be perfectly fine with playing basketball games with no media whatsoever. And, uh, out of all the people that are probably not upset about the possibility that coronavirus leads to playing these games in empty gyms, Archie Miller would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> and Archie, like, I mean, he, he would just, he would be just fine playing these things just at a YMCA somewhere. Um, and, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if he was trying to be mean to Lenardi. I don't know if he was trying to make everybody else in the place laugh. I don't know. I was just like, okay, like I get it. I was sorry. It's not that I get it. I mean, like, I, it's like, is this a joke? Um, I think he's annoyed uh, at, at the idea of people talking that he shouldn't be there. Uh, that they don't belong there. I think, I think coaches do get in that stretch of okay, like you know, haven't we beat enough teams to be in the tournament? It's it's a case where I think just be, because the NCAA is what it is, you're, you're still taking 64, 68 teams. It's not like you're just taking one. I think it's it's like okay, we don't deserve to be champions necessarily, but hey, don't we deserve a shot? If all these other teams are going to get in, don't we deserve a shot? You know, we're playing in this incredibly difficult league. Nobody is playing. You know, this Big Ten is is as tough as it's ever been. So you know, like why why are we getting beat up on for for losing to really good teams? You know, why why don't we deserve a shot if all these other teams that don't have to play you know this good of a league this year uh you know get to get in why don't why don't we get to get in so I think that's sort of where he is and a bunch of other coaches will have the same argument coming down the stretch I think everybody once they 
you know, feel like they've lost an opportunity when they once they get asked about the brackets, they suddenly get defensive and, and yeah. people who coaches who say they haven't been worried about it all year, you know, get the question right about now and all of a sudden they have every statistic on hand. Uh, Tom Crean used to do that too. They know, be like, they know all about quad one wins. Yeah. They all know all about their Ken Palm rating, their BPI rating, their net rating, stuff that they never, there's like, oh, we don't talk about that. That's just noise. That's just whatever. As soon as they lose a game that like puts them on the bubble, you know, whether it's losing in the conference tournament, whatever, all of a sudden they got every number to just yeah. spit right out at you. And I'll just, that was RG Miller's case because I think he looked at it. I, I do think they thought they win that game and they're in and they don't have to think about it. And now they've got to start making their case. You know, I, I think, you know, he, he was at least obviously aware that Lenardi came on and said they don't belong in. You know, they were in their last four in and they shouldn't be in if they're under 500 in the league. And all of a sudden, you know, Archie was like, OK, I'm not I'm not letting that narrative go forward. I don't know if it matters if he lets the narrative go forward. The committee either hears it or doesn't hear it. And he's not going to help or hurt his cause by you know giving a press conference to us. So I, I don't know. I don't know what his plan was. I don't know what he thinks, thought he accomplished. I don't know what he was trying to accomplish. Uh, I don't have a read on the guy. I just don't. I mean, I, I, I know he's a tough, competitive dude who wants to win really bad. He's fired up. Um, but as far as like, is he using, as far as like using humor or trying to like appeal to humans to try to get him to see his side? I, I don't know if he knows how to do it. Uh, you know, and, and, and it's, I don't want to act like he's this totally socially awkward guy. Like he's just, um, He's focused. He's focused. He's laser focused. He's locked in. Uh, he wants to win really bad. He's not interested in BS at all. And I, I, I don't think he likes the idea of having to make a case. You know, I think that's a, a big piece of it. I, I think he's annoyed at the idea that, that he, he is in the position that uh, an argument has to be made one way or the other. I mean, he, he might, uh, at the end of the day, get the good end of that argument. Um, but someone has to, someone's probably going to have to fight for Indiana unless they go win the conference tournament. Um, you know, it, like, it's not going to be a sure thing, you know, uh, especially if, if they go one and done, if they beat Nebraska uh, and win the game they're supposed to win, but then go lose to Penn State. Um, and then you're looking at them as, you know, 20 and 13 with, you know, like, again, with, without a good Big Ten tournament win, with the only, you know, with having lost, what will it be, like four of their last six? They, they are, I know, they started five and three, so they're four and eight in their last 12. Yeah. That would be five and nine in their last 14. Yeah, so that's not going to look good. Uh, ultimately, that's not going to be an easy sell. And so someone's going to have to sell them. And I think it annoys him that he's in that position, that he feels like he's got a politic uh, to get in the tournament. So that's, again, the idea that of, of having to appeal to people uh, to try to get them to let him in, I think is something that, that is not a place that Archie Miller likes to be. And that's a bad look for him. Because fans, they want Indiana in. Yeah. They and they would like to agree with Archie, but Archie has made his argument in such a repellent way and in such a petulant way that now fans are disputing Archie while having ultimately the same goal, which is kind of odd. Yeah, in some cases, uh, it, you'll you'll be surprised at how quickly you can get people on your, on your side by attacking the media, uh, whoever it is at any level, whether that's politics or sports or whatever it is. You start attacking the media, and all of a sudden you've got friends. Um, so, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, the, you, you, you definitely saw. I think uh, if, you, if you looked at internet comments over the last thirty, you know, forty eight hours or whatever, uh, you did see a, a lot of people be like, "Way to go, get a march!" You know, and and there's going to be some of that. Um, so ultimately, I mean, and, and I mean, now I think it's the thing that's going to be a blow over in two days. We're not going to be talking right. about this by Wednesday. We're not going to be talking about this by Thursday. Um, you know, it's, it's, a you know, uh, what's, what's the term? Um, 
tempest in a teapot if i'm not mistaken that's the phrase uh it's it's gonna go away like it's barely gonna be something anybody talks about it's not gonna cost him anything i I don't think the committee is gonna decide you know whether he gets in or not based on the fact that they said somewhat mean things about joe lenardi um i guess i mean he really we we all did have to point out that it was an oscar the grouch reference that he doesn't believe that joe lenardi actually should live or does live in a garbage can um uh, so I don't know. I mean, it was I, I it, it was just kind of odd. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, so it's, it, it's not going to be a big issue. Is it a good look? It's not a good look. Is it a horrible look? It's not the worst look. I guess, I don't know, like I said, I mean, maybe he's trying to be funny, show personality. I don't know. Uh, it, but it, again, it, long, long term, it's not going to. It's not going to hurt him with the fans. What hurts him with, with the fans is when they, whether they win or lose, yeah. you know. And uh, they're still in a position where I mean, it's going to matter if they get in the tournament. Um, but you know, he's only going to build so much goodwill if you know they go in at a ten or eleven and they get beat in the first round. I mean, like it's it's better than not going. Uh, certainly better than going. Whatever you get done in the NIT, you know, they'll take whatever bid they can get at this point. But uh, after that, like it, it, it's only going to have so much. You know, staying power. He's got to win basketball games. I mean, the the, the biggest thing he's got going for him right now is having Landa Christian Lander. That's that's right. the that's the biggest positive he's got on his side. And then be able to combine that with having gotten Trace and having gotten Romeo. It's like okay, his on you know his uh, in state recruiting is the best thing he's got going for him. But he needs to win more basketball games, and that that's really what, what goes down as far as uh, you know he he's not going to win and keep this job based on his press conference performances or his public you know public persona and that's not Archie's thing yeah he hopes if he's got to if he's got to live and it's not that he's bad I mean like he hasn't won any friends but he hasn't created any enemies really when it's come to how he's dealt publicly and personally um it it doesn't seem like he's created loyalists but I don't think he's done something so abhorrent as to really lose people and to start getting people actively working against him it just comes down to he's he is in a position where he either wins or loses and that's how he keeps his job or doesn't keep his job there's nothing else that's created that he's created you know, uh, tangentially, that's saving him. And again, recruiting matters in terms of, but it, it has to produce wins eventually. Let's talk about Purdue because we kind of gotta, you know. But speaking of the NIT, that's where they're headed, right? Looks that way. I mean, uh, the, the Rutgers loss is really a killer one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe you know, maybe there's a path for them to get there without winning the whole thing uh, in Indy. But you know, it it probably would take them getting to the final. Now, getting to the final does mean beating Ohio State, Michigan State, and Maryland in succession, pretty much. Now, especially if, if they get that, you know, get that particular track and make sure that, like, either a Penn State or an Indiana doesn't beat Maryland, um, you know, on, on the sort of bottom half of that bracket. But they can get in. Um, uh, I, I don't think it's out of the question for them to pull that off um, if they were to win those three games. Um, but it's... It's a tough sled, you know, and again, that's another thing that, that they could get blown off of depending on how the bubble shakes out, but they're not in good shape uh, at all, um, and they've, they've left just too many on the table, and they've had, you know, they've been good at Mackey, but ultimately they've also lost games at Mackey uh, this year that they should have been able to win, um, or at least should have been able to play better, and they, they got trucked by Illinois and, and Penn State at home, and or no, they, they beat Penn State. God, I'm getting, I can't remember who I even saw this year. Uh, well, Michigan beat them. Did they lose? Did they lose to Penn State at home? I think. So. I think so. I think they lost to Penn State, Michigan, and Illinois at home, uh, and those all look bad. And then they lose the Rutgers down the end. It's just not a great look. Um, you know, the, the Ken people just talk about the Ken Palm stats, and it's like, okay, like your efficiency numbers look good, but it just comes down to they've got a bunch of good players, not necessarily a great player, but when all the good players come together, they look pretty good. 
when they don't, they can look really bad. You know, they can go through stretches where all of those guys go cold because none of them are good enough that you can guarantee they'll get 15 for you every night on a bad night. Um, so yeah, they're not in, they're not in a great position. You know, again, can they play themselves into it? Maybe, um, but they're, they're just not in a great spot right now. What do you got up on the athletic, or what are you going to have up soon? Good question. I got to get some stories, man. Uh, <laughs> I got to get some deeper stuff. It's been weird because I feel like I've written. I had already written about everybody um, down the stretch. I'm going to try to write something on Kamara. I think before this tournament starts, uh, I'm piecing together something on. Um, the 1980 uh, Purdue Final Four team. So yeah. I'm hoping that it's going to turn into something. Um, and uh, But mostly, been a lot of game coverage lately just because it's been bouncing around uh, to each of those and trying to kind of put in perspective where everybody stands. You know, basically like what, um, you know, it's kind of like just follow the narrative of these teams and where they're going. Um, but I'm going to be going to New York, uh, you know, to follow Butler instead of sticking around here in Indy. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of people here in Indianapolis. Though. Bob Kravitz is going to be here certainly, but also Dana O'Neill is going to come into town uh, uh, Brandon Quinn's certainly going to be here covering the Michigans. Uh, Bill Landis from Ohio State. We're going to have at least four or five people here to start nice. with. Um, so the athletic will be, the Big Ten will be uh, heavily covered by the athletic. Uh, so I'm going to go out and cover the Big East and uh, you know, go with Butler as far as they go, but I'm going to stick around um, and, you know, cover the rest of that tournament once they're done, uh, if they're done. You know, basically, if Butler loses, I'll still be there and get a chance to kind of take in uh, Big East tournament at the Garden. So I'm looking forward to that. Sweet. Thanks for your time. I appreciate Absolutely. it, Dustin. Absolutely. That is the great Dustin DePirac from The Athletic. He is going to be covering the Big East Tournament, going to be in New York City at Madison Square Garden, covering whatever it is that Butler does. And then, of course, that'll be Thursday, Indiana at it on Wednesday night. Uh, against Nebraska. Got to win that game, I think, to get into the tournament. And then on Thursday, hopefully Indiana's playing during the nighttime and Purdue plays in the afternoon. We'll see what both teams do. Purdue needs multiple wins. And by multiple, I mean probably three in order to get to the uh, the NCAA tournament. Indiana's probably just going to need that one win on Wednesday against Nebraska because losing on the back end of that to Penn State isn't debilitating. It's not a bad loss. And Indiana really doesn't have a bad loss this season. They have only won four of their last 12. But you know what? None of them are bad losses. Tomorrow night, the Celtics visit Bankers Life Fieldhouse to take on the Pacers. We'll be there. I cannot wait for that game to see Brad Stevens. Uh, maybe we'll talk to Brad tomorrow on Sports Nothing But Sports. Tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent, 8 o'clock straight up on Facebook Live, about 8.15 on Twitter and Periscope. Also on YouTube, it's a show so nice we do it thrice, for God's sake. Uh, Breakfast with Kent, always a highlight of the day, at least for me, join me. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. 317-849-2933.